0: Going on to have a crack. Yes, is, you know. Oh I say!
1: Welcome to Filthy Shamble, Season Three, Episode Eight. Slightly belated pod this week. It's a Thursday. Usually recorded on a Monday or Tuesday. But as Dan was saying, uh, pre-pod recording, um, we've allowed things to marinate. Uh, how's
0: it all tasting? Uh, oh, that bit, good? A bit, a bit, no, bittersweet. Bittersweet. I think. Like, I think that the weekend kind of like took the sting out of things. Then it over stuff that's happened since about a week ago. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think on a personal note, like there's there's more of this that we'll go into. But like, I think I ended up being a bit more emotional about things than I thought I would be. And I think that's also because I probably just didn't expect things to pan out the way they did. I was expecting a totally different outcome. I said as much on the last pod as well. So when you Mm. then, when then two days later, there's a drastic change on that. You sort of have to sort of have a fair amount of self-reconciliation.
1: Yeah, I, I I, I mean, it's happened in, it's it's a self-defensive mechanism that kicks in, even though deep down you know that, you know, the player is going to leave. And it happened with Berbatov, it happened with Modric, Carrick, it happened uh, with Gareth Bale, of, of course, infamously. I think in, even as a grown man and an adult and someone who's often pragmatic and logical, you still sit there thinking, oh, there's a chance. There might be a chance, there might be a chance and we'll talk about it a bit more uh, later obviously i think people have people just want to crack on and move on with the season now we don't really want to over analyze the kane saga but nah. it's pr- it's probably worth just 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 looking back at certain points of it i think i think the thing that that really was frustrating um, was that moment towards the end where th- this ITK broke across, uh, you know, social media from um, uh, pundits and people that claimed to be ITK, and, and um, I say pundits, uh, uh, journalists and, and the media that there was a chance that Kane was saying that he, he you know, it was looking likely that he was going to stay at Tottenham, and I think one or two really pushed the boat out on on that particular story. And it has all fabricated bullshit um and 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 I was speaking to someone privately who I will not mention, and um they were fuming, they were livid they said it, really difficult to talk about <laughs> to talk about this, considering i can't name names but <laughs> they were they were basically saying there are certain people out there that are um that are not in are not i c k I'm not talking about big accounts, by the way, there's a couple that genuinely do have information and share it and they share it at the right time as well. You know, they share it when they know it's going to break into the the, the wild, but there's one or two others that, that kind of added fuel to the fire by, by, by saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane's going to stay. Kane's going to stay. And a lot of people fell for it as we do, because we're mostly as a fan base emotional about our football, because that's, the best way to experience anything like this. Do you know what I'm saying? You don't go to a club, peak IB for four o'clock in the morning, DJ dropping an absolute banger, and you're sat there scratching your chin and thinking, yeah, it's good, it's good, but you know I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to dance. You're going to fucking dance. Your fucking brain's out. And and, and that's how football should be. And I think we were hanging on. We'll get back to Kane. I think let's start off with with some positives. Obviously, by this point in the week, we're looking towards Man United and everybody's digested Brentford. But that doesn't mean we can't look back at the the Brentford game. Um, first half, second half, uh, carrying on from last season, but that was to be expected. But definitely not carried on from last season was the pers- possession, possession uh, stats and the shots on target and our general play. I mean, we were... We were pretty decent, right?
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was a really enjoyable game of football to watch because it was two um, really opposing styles, like against each other. Like Brentford were very much sitting deep and trying to counter, and they're so effective at it. Like we know that you know they they're, they can be very direct as a football team, whether it's going long ball or just trying to move the ball um, from one end of the pitch as quickly as they possibly can. Like they are very good in transition, um, and I think you know they haven't got players that most. I suppose big teams would would go for in terms of like Mbomo and Wissa but they're so effective at what they do and they're a pain in the ass for any team. Um I mean they caused us a few problems. I felt like we handled it pretty well for most of the match but on the in terms of what we were doing it was just, you know, night and day versus last season. Um and again I think we can already sort of see that we're at least not going to be going into games with the, this feeling of like just not really giving a shit like as long as we win which is a bit of a sad yeah. state we were in last season because we just knew we weren't going to be playing excite, very that that sort of exciting football that we want to see Um yeah. and it was kind of like well as long as we win we can just sort of get on with it so then when we were losing it was just abysmal right but we've come away from Brentford with a draw thinking feeling pretty positive I think especially because we came back from 2-1 down and basically bossed the second half Um and we we... You know, they had chances to win it. We had chances to... I think we probably had less clear-cut chances than them to win it, mm. I would say. Mm. But, which, you know, I suppose you can go into a bit more detail of that. But I think on the whole, a draw is kind of like a fair result on the face, yeah. of, on the face of things. It, it wasn't a bad way
1: to start the season. It was always going to be tricky. If you look back at Brentford last season, very difficult to beat uh, on their home patch. Um yeah. And like you said very con- congested in 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 you know when they when they defended they defended well and and they kind of suffocated the middle it kind of made it difficult to to create those clear cut chances i think they had more clear cut chances because obviously we play slightly dangerously with a high line you know i think we're going to concede a few from those those counter positions um counter attacks rather um and hence why we, you know, we signed someone like Mickey van der Ven, who's very pacey. But we, we're going to have to, it's going to take a little bit of time to work out how to defend against top quality teams. And, and perhaps on a, on another weekend, Brentford might have got away. Well, they would have scored maybe one or two of those uh, opportunities they had. Uh, whereas at the other end of the pitch, we're still working out, you know. I know we said we'll we speak about Kane later, but. Harry with a bit of a cameo here. We 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 probably would have won the game if if Kane was playing, mainly because mm. it's Kane, he's the best forward in the world. Um and he would have finished one or two of the, the the chances that we did have. Not to be overly critical of Richarlison who 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 does appear to to be low in confidence and it was, a, it was it wasn't an easy game for him to try and find his place and Son and Kulosevsky on on either side of him arguably were very quiet um so like i know the the defense is the big question mark over spurs but let's transition over to the attack and then we'll work our way back through the midfield and the defense Mm -hmm. again it's one game um we know the quality of uh, kulisewski who had a very up and down season we know son sonny had a Really poor season by his standards last year. And Richarlison really struggled in the fact that he wasn't played in his natural position. What were your takes from from the front uh, three? I mean, obviously, we get to Madison momentarily. But are you happy with Richie leading the line, Son out wide? Do you think maybe Son should lead the line? Are you waiting for Gift uh, all band to be to, to be signed? Uh, mm. <laughs> it's a complete alternative uh, option up front. Yeah, um,
0: I think it's it's tough to say, right? Because I think it is one that we just need to kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah. Because I think that yeah. you know I don't think there's anything wrong with being optimistic or pessimistic because it's a bit of an unknown. We've got three players that who are that going to be the mainstays at least for now, unless we sign anyone else in Son, Richardson, and Kudelski, who. Richardson was kind of having to cover for both of those players last season was the only time he would get to mm. play. Like He'd only play if Kulu was, um, well, fit or injured, as it turned out, under Conte, um, yeah. or if Son was injured type of thing, or really out of form. The only times that he got to start, he never really played as a centre-forward. Um, so I think that there's going to be a little bit of working out to do there, isn't there? Like when you've got three people who just haven't been on the pitch at the same time, who need to, you know... Get into a rhythm. Get into a rhythm. We we've we've got you know different ways that we're looking to attack this season compared to last, um, and I think we'll see this front three probably be better in some games compared to others. I think any team that's going to be really compact and sitting deep, um, I probably would struggle against because they're all free players who. Want to be kind of close to the box or get out wide like and maybe knock a chance in and you know you've then got to be really you've got to create quality chances to be able to finish like against teams like that and it's really hard to do of course unless you've got someone like Kane who can drop deep and give you a different option but then by the same token you don't need that because that's why you've got the likes of Madison who they're already in that sort of like number 10 type area where it's it's down to him to kind of pick the locks and stuff like that right um, and the way that we was moving the ball, about like we, we we kept the ball moving constantly and just looking for openings. And I think that as time goes on, um, you know we'll see we'll see things improve. And ultimately, Madison nearly found Richardson with a really good through ball at one point. That had that been timed, uh, that pass just been executed a little bit better, he could have scored. Um, and I think Basuma tried the same thing for him as well. Um, and 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 the final one on Richardson was that Angie even said it himself after the game that. He felt that we could have actually been a bit more direct at times in trying to utilise him a bit better and that we probably didn't use him enough. It wasn't necessarily the fact that he was doing much wrong. It was more just how we were trying to play and like trying to use him which just wasn't probably quite right. Um, and I think that had Perisic been on a little bit longer, he's so good with his delivery that we probably could have you know, created one of those chances, whether it be in the air or...
1: Right, OK. Just had to do a bit of an edit because... Dan had an IT problem, mate. Sort sort your your, your tech out. Yeah, be Soz. prepared for the podcast. <laughs> this is professional. Professional. It's not professional at all. I, can, it's I a, can't so pronounce the so, so name of this podcast again. <laughs> exactly, filthy shambles. Uh, I can't pronounce possession. Possession. I can't pronounce it. Since when am I having a stroke? Possession. No, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, so yeah,
0: um, you would. I think. I think you're saying something about Perisic. Yeah, so I was just saying if he, if he was just on a bit longer, I think he's the he's a bit better than a lot of than maybe the likes of Son that trying to, you know, separate from a player, get the ball in the box, whether it, you know, Richie's really good in the air, trying to use him that way or flashing it across goal and for him to tap in, we probably could have benefited a bit more from that, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Look,
1: we lost we've lost Harry Kane. We've lost the way that we play as a team, you know, the when you have a world class player up front, and and you know that the entire dynamic is spearheaded by that player, and he's a player who who would defend and he would drop deep and he would be the best midfielder in the in, in in the team, as well as the best striker. It's this is an evolution. Unfortunately, you know, I said it on another pod. If he had stayed, knowing that he would leave for free next summer he would have been a cheat code for Ange uh, he would have been a play that would win us games even if we possibly didn't deserve it or there were there were other things that we would be looking at and talking about um you know in terms of in terms of uh, improving um defense or midfield or whatever else uh, but he's not there he's not he's not there mate i'm just i'm not gonna edit this bit out i'm gonna put in another set of headphones i don't know if you can hear the the music this has happened to me twice running now i got a neighbor there's there's a neighbor that plays music so fucking loud and it's just like a it's like a playlist of the most bland 80s records that i just i don't want to be listening to whitney houston no offense to whitney legend and and all that but just don't be oblivious. People just I'm I'm trying to work here, man. I'm trying to work here. So I'm just gonna put in my other headphones. And uh, the noise cancellation, it does sound a bit weird now listening to myself talk. Um so yeah, no Kane. We need work, we need to cook a little bit. We know that there's uh there's issues, but not a creative one for the moment, right? Because Madison, two assists, look great. What, yeah.
0: were, what were your thoughts on him yeah i thought he was superb really good debut um the free kick was just everything that we've just oh, been mate. lacking wasn't it yeah. like to for to the, the the pace and the sort of flatness that that went in with was like literally inch perfect and as we saw with var romero's run was timed to perfection as well like quite literally perfection Any he's any earlier and he would have been offside by an inch um and yeah just the finish was great as well um I know obviously he had to go off, which was a bit of a shame, but um, you know, I, I thought that Madison's like performance overall um was just everything that we've been needing. In terms of someone who not only can they sort of like deliver free like those kind of like set piece routines and stuff like that, and I know Perisic was good with set pieces last season, but I think Madison's a bit of a different level when it comes to those types of balls that you can put in. Um, and just also that I think he's going to be able to score goals from range and stuff like that this season from just the edge of the box, he, like those curlers into the top corner. He, I think he's just got that in abundance. Um, but just his ability to keep the ball, lose people, you know, thread the ball through in smart places. Like, yeah, I think he's he's just, um, again, everything's gone well with that signing in terms of it makes sense. He fits in perfectly. He's looked at home straight away. Um, and I'm really happy that he's one of the, you know, Vice captains as well. He got the armband when Son went off, um, and I think he's you know I've, you know he's been in the Premier League a long time, and he's he's proven himself a top player. And I think um, someone like him makes sense in that sort of role as one of our kind of leaders in the team. Yeah, completely agree that it's mental
1: that we've not played with with a player like that in in our in midfield in that we, we, we've we've lacked having someone who's the hub of activity, the person that can find a player with a diagonal ball or a clever ball and just just, just deliver something. And we've got Perisic, we've got Kulisevski, we've got players that can deliver. But let's not revisit last season and everything that was wrong with last season and everything that was wrong with, with the balance of the team. This Brentford game was just an amplified uh, performance. You know, ignoring the preseason, where you can't really, you can't really delve too deep into what you see. Um, this performance against Brentford gave us some teasers, some cameos, just some little highlights of where we're going. Um, there was uh, on the Fighting Cock forum, which is something I do not read; I haven't read it for years. But there was some some bits and pieces copied and pasted into WhatsApp from Celtic supporters, and there was a lot made. There's a lot being made around um Ange Postacoglu's style and you know amazing football and blah 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 but i don't know if you noticed in the post match interviews just there's there's a lot of emphasis on energy and this kind of relentless commitment to fulfilling your your duty on the pitch and your duty being that you know you you don't stop running you don't stop working you don't stop pressing so it's it's funny i, I don't know how how you how you look you look on you look at the team in comparison to last year and, and, and the, the years before, there's a lot of emphasis on the gruelling uh, training, right? Under Conte, you know, they're going to they're gonna fucking die on the training pitch. And then, then we played the, <laughs> the football and we hardly did anything. We just sat back with the ball the time. Whereas now you're actually seeing an output. You're seeing movement. You're seeing fast-paced football. Yes, I know Brentford and other teams might tactically decide to give us the ball and catch us on the break. I get it. And if we're going to get caught on the break. I understand that. But if you're going to give Tottenham 70% of the ball with the players that we do have, in five to 10 games time, that could be football suicide for the other team, right? Mm. Because if you're going to, if we're going to have the ball that, that amount of time and we're going to press and we're going to attack, we're going to cut you open. You know, and at the minute we're playing teams like Brentford and, and Man United and, and one or two others. they they've, they've had they're, they're they're already you know three quarters of the way through cooking whatever they're cooking, right? Do you, do you know do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, they're way they're ahead of what they're trying to do. We're at the beginning of what we're looking to do. Um, what what else kind of? Um, well, actually, we spoke about Madison. Um, obviously, Basuma... I mean, how many times are we going to say this, right? He's just a player with the shackles off. He just looks supreme and sublime.
0: Like we we we've got proper midfielders now, right? Yeah, I I don't care what anyone says about you know. I don't want to dis- just just be completely dismissive like of people's opinions, but for the sake of this podcast, I am going to like when anyone who thought that Conte sort of really knew what he was doing last year when it comes to the likes of Besuma, they. I I, I feel like we can just look at his pre-season, look at what he's been in the Brentford game and just think that that was total bollocks. Like, everything he said about not having tactical understanding and all that sort of nonsense. Like, I don't understand what he's talking about. We've literally plucked a player who, let's be fair, if he was still at Brighton now, and the way this summer's going, you're talking about someone that would have been getting absolutely silly money spent on him in Basuma. Like, how we ended up getting him for £35 million is an absolute joke. He's a he's a terrific footballer and each do you know why what we keep saying is that because he spent so little on the pitch with us last season and when he Mm. was he just didn't look at all like the player we bought from Brighton Mm. that we, I feel like each time I say like that was his best game in a Spurs shirt that was his best game in a Spurs shirt we keep saying it because it's like he's getting better the more he's here now and he's finally got a manager who is going to allow him to actually you know express himself and play to the best of his ability um, And it's not just like he's the, a defensive midfielder that wins the ball, because he does certainly do that. That's like, you know, his bread and butter. But he's he's dynamic as well. Like, he can beat people and he's got, you know, absolute silk touches at times that just sends people completely the wrong way. Um, And he can start counters and attacks in such an effective way. Like, I think we've got a really good balance in midfield this season. I think if we, you know, had one more in front of him, which I suppose we'll talk about, a bit more like a Madison type player as well or similar to just yeah. even if it's like Benton Corr when he's fit as opposed to someone like Skip bless him who you know re- decent player good squad player just not quite at the level I think when it comes to an attacking sense that we need in that midfield role that if he had like another one like that in front of him Basuma like I think it would be you know it's going to be really exciting in terms of how we in terms of what we can see Vicario,
1: let's get to the defense and let's start with the goalkeeper because obviously, because he's not a, a forty million pound or actually twenty seven million pound goalkeeper from Brentford on a three um, million pound loan. <laughs> yeah, actually that's probably the best way to describe uh, what we didn't get. Um, what, 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 where are you? Where are you with this? Because it's really interesting. Like with outfield players, it's almost like give him time. Oh yeah, he's. he's you know, he's, 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 he might take a little time to adjust. And, you know, like you had Destiny that already looked... Well, I mean, again, this is such an exaggeration after one game. But he, he looks fit for purpose, right? And Mickey van der Ven looks fit for purpose. They're defenders. I'm not saying outfield positions are easier than go, the goalkeeper, but also the goalkeeper position. It's just a single position, right? The only, the only geezer on the pitch that can handle the ball with his hands. He's the one that has hmm. to be dominant and strong and has to be a leader. He was almost like um, a, a young Hugo Lloris, but good with his feet, but mm-hmm. still giving you slight heartbeat, uh, kind of misbeats, rather. Um, every time he, tr- he he attempted to do something or go on a walkabout, you'd be like, oh, for fuck, here we go again. Um, <laughs> so... I'm I'm all right with him in just in terms of you know you look back on on last season and the form and, and if you want to look at the data and whatever else he is a good goalkeeper but he's hmm. not inspiring confidence because obviously we're all impatient and we all want to see a, like a worldie from day one. What are you thinking? Are you, are you thinking we we do need it? We're definitely not going to buy another one. This is our number one for the season. But yep. do you think it's a mistake? Do you think we should have gone big? Do you think we should have splashed out the money for Raya
0: or whoever else it would have been available? Yeah, I think it's fair to feel um that both of those would have been suitable, would have been okay options to be honest, Spook. Like I think if, if I'd be lying to myself if I sat here and thought that I wouldn't rather have got Raya just because like we've seen him in the Premier League, we do know how good he is and he does tickle the boxes for us. Okay, he would have probably, if at that time, he probably would have cost us a bit more money. There's nothing to say that had we held on a bit, we'd have ended up with a similar deal than what, you know, them locked down the road have ended up with, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's a bit of a shame that we've not, that that's not been able to happen. But at the same time, I am still perfectly fine with, with Vicario. I think that, The reason goalkeepers don't tend to get the same amount of time is because it's such a high-pressure position, and they are the last line of defence between the ball going in the back of the net. Um, You do need to be comfortable with who you've got between the sticks, and I think that perhaps it's fair for maybe some fans to not be totally comfortable. I do think it's harsh with, with when you know if he's getting things like said about him, like he's dog shit and stuff like that. It's just like I don't know what that's based on because we've clearly seen far worse goalkeepers than him, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to have a, an element of nerves about him to start with. It's a brand new league and he's got new, a whole new defence in front of him that he's never played with uh, before. And they're even trying to get to know each other
1: hmm.
0: themselves, right? Um, there was a couple of hairy moments with him, obviously. You know, he's, he's he's trying to do that thing that goalkeepers are clearly instructed to do when you play this way, which is to essentially try to leave it as late as you can before moving the ball on so you can break the first press. Um, and you just take that, that first that first number nine or their striker, whoever it is that's pressing you, you just take them out of the game immediately and then you can start working your way up the pitch. But he's going to get used to that. The Premier League's a lot quicker than Serie A. He, he'll just get used to that and better at it as the season goes on. Um, I didn't think he had any kind of horrendous moments or anything like that. The, the second goal that went in just wasn't his fault. It was a deflection from Van der Ven that I don't think even Hugo could have stopped, you know, it was just unfortunate from both on both their parts. Um, yeah, I think he was on another day. Possibly, you know, th- th- he could have had a penalty given against him for he rushed out on. Um, I think it was in Bomo. I can't remember who it was, but you know, it is what it is. Like we got away with that one. Um, I know that the way the rules are written is that this probably ends up the correct decision, but you see, you do sort of see him given, and sometimes you don't. So. He's just got to sort of like count his lucky chickens there, uh, but he, at the same time, he made a couple of good saves. So, you know, steady first day at the office, I think. Really, um, I'm not going to disagree. I mean,
1: the thing is, I'm, I'm, you know me. Everyone knows me. I'm like, I'm a very positive person. I have been cracking recently in terms of um, just being frustrated with certain things. I think it's because of the, a couple of things that I'm involved in that I can't talk about at the moment that are just making me think. Do you know what? You know, Spurs. As much as I love them, you know, Daniel Levy, Enoch, some of the decision making. Yes, we're trying to do things differently. Yes, we're we're changing the infrastructure. Yes, we've brought in a manager that plays football. Yes, we've done. It, we're, it's been a pretty good summer, but it's not over yet in terms of activities and we get to that momentarily because there's a lot that still needs to be done and why are we leaving it so late are we leaving it late because we don't have a choice that's the market are we seeing it from a biased perspective am i being stupid and and knee-jerking um to the point um where often i'd be the one pointing to other people knee-jerking and saying like what are you doing you know just grow some bollocks here and, and just wait and see what happens. But it feels like I've been saying that so much. Now, this is before anyone celebrates. Oh, spooky's Enoch out. You know, like breaking news. I've always been Enoch out. I've always been Levy out in, in terms of he's got us as far as we can go. I think you said it on a podcast last season. And if you didn't, you can take credit for it that um, they've got us into the top four and they don't know how to get us any further up where maybe it was Adam actually mate I don't know <laughs> one of you said this that we we're, we've we got a board and owners that have done an incredible job to get us to be consistent more or less Champions League qualifiers they've done all that right but when they've got us to this position where then you need to step up further they don't know what to do they're doing the same things they were doing when we weren't top four so the, 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 there's a jarring gap between what you should do and what what we're not doing and what we should be doing. And the capacity for us to do more is obviously really, really, what well, it's higher than it is, than our output is at the moment. So that's where my frustration is. And obviously, I don't go around going, Enoch out, leave it out, because that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't do anything. If I post that, what am I doing? It's, it's so productive, in it? It doesn't mean anything. It's just a statement It's just like a war cry, a battle cry, but no one's running into battle because we're powerless, right? So I've never just... I've always tried to be positive about the football. But I'm in a position now where I'm thinking, you've had your chances. You really have had your chances. And unfortunately, there's no one out there that's going to bid the amount of money that the club want to be able to sell it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to crack on with the football. But right now... I'm cracking up a little bit because I'm sat here thinking, why? Why does it seem that Spurs can't do more than one deal at the time at the same time? Like, why can't we sell and buy someone at the same time? Why can't we just buy the play that we need to get in, for example, gift Auburn or a centre back, and then sell the players in the last week of the window because that's when you're likely to sell players because that's when other clubs get desperate. You know, if we're playing this game where we're trying to sell players for a certain amount of money based on how much we bought them for. You've, you've done fucked it up, Daniel Levy, because at the end of the day, we bought those players for a lot of money and the market's changed. They're just not worth that anymore. Mm. So let, let's talk about the transfer market. We Do we do we need Gift Auburn? Do we need a centre-back? Are we going to sign both? Who is going to leave? Because I was saying on the pod yesterday that I recorded the, the Bare Bones podcast that Sanchez might have a redemption arc, that he's got the skill set to... to to play for um, Ange and play Angeball but apparently I think he's still heading out um, maybe the player wants mm. a fresh start who, who are you thinking is coming in who should come in who's going to get sold before um, September kicks in
0: yeah I've, I mean I've, in terms of in terms of what we need if I start with that I think we do need another centre midfielder I do think we need a, a striker I would say an established striker not like you know like not someone who's going to come in and take time i would i would rather we buy someone who's established that will come in and is more likely to hit the ground running now that will cost you more money but i think that's what you need to do if you want to be a big club and try and get compete at the top end because that's what 12th place chelsea you know are doing so i think that i don't see why we should behave differently in that respect right um all right, I've 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 had my word and feel on how, what I think the differences are between clubs like us and Chelsea in the sense that they're probably more attractive to players outside the Premier League, but that's by the by. We should still be maybe there's plenty of players out there and they can't sign everyone, so we've got to try and do something. Um, I do think we need another centre back as well, so they're the three areas that I think we need to sign. Um, in terms of like who they are, I don't really care, I, you know, whether it's Tapsober, you know, whether it's Eze. I think he would be a fantastic player for us to sign in midfield. Um, Gift Alban, whether it's him or someone else, I don't know anything about him. I've not watched any compilations of him. He's just another name that I've not heard of, heard of before since, you know, this summer. Um, it's, you just don't know until these people turn up. It doesn't look like Valise is going to play any real football for us this season, by the looks of it, and what Andrew from what I just said as well. But then at the same time, he's not being loaned back. So I don't fucking understand the mechanics behind that either and what the point of that is. Um, in terms of who'll go out, it sounds like Hoibier is gonna to go to Atletico at some point, this um this window. I think that'll be a good move for him, and that'll allow I think that'll like, you know, whether people like the idea of it freeing up space um for another person to come in or not, it just you know, it looks like that's how we're operating at the moment. Um Sanchez I've got I've got kind of mixed feelings on like mm-hmm. ultimately he if if you look at his whole like sort of like Tottenham career so thus far you'd say that you know he's been he's, he's not lived up to expectations I think it's fair to say um, yeah. he's massively yeah. underperformed at times in underperforming teams as well I think it's fair to say um, and I think that under this type of regime he could we could see a lot more um, good from him I think he was good at the weekend against Brentford for instance and he was really good against Barcelona in the friendly before that um, but I think if the club realise that, we'll hold on, if that then means that we can drive a bit more interest for him and sell him, then, you know, fair enough, as long as you get someone in who's better, we can't then just rest on our laurels with, you know, Dyer, who's not even included in the squad, and Ben Davies. I don't think that's good enough. I just, it's taken us... These players, it feels
1: like they're meant to leave every summer and they don't leave. But now we have this new manager, in, and he doesn't give a fuck, right? He gives a fuck by not giving a fuck. He he wants to compete. He wants to reach a particular level. So you would expect the club to back him in the way that, you know, we couldn't back Conte because Conte was wanting things that just were not accessible, right? And mm. we weren't willing to change as a, as a football club to match his particular objectives in terms of the transfer market so that that's that's where i'm cracking up a little bit it's i'm just i'm just frustrated and obviously i've not had that much alcohol to, to kind of level me out um drink responsibly if you're going to drink um so obviously you, you just run through your thoughts um but there's been a bit of news today uh, that's mildly interesting because we're so desperate uh do you know what i'm talking about let's see if you can guess can you read my mind what i'm talking
0: about I reckon it is the fact that Elise has said that he's going Woof. to stay at Palace. It's on a four-year deal. Yeah, and that's a shocker. We've got, I uh, mean, it's not I a shocker. I'm shocked. It is shocking. I think it is. When you've got Chelsea that have activated a release clause and the way they've been going this summer, the team they're building, they've got him who's, you know, we ate him, but he is an exciting manager for a lot of young players to work under. And he's just, and he's—I don't know what Palace have offered him, but he's to sign a new four-year deal, so that t- takes him up to 26. Like, that's a fucking great bit of business for um, great result for Palace, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it is wild uh, for the reasons that you gave. Um, so shocking in the yeah, the player didn't take the easy route, uh, but also wholesome that he stuck it out.
0: I think um, it's nice because the Premier League sort of needs that. We sort of need that in the Premier League where. Some of some of the better players are happy to stay at some of these like I hate saying lower level clubs because like they they are but they are just lower than the top teams if you get what I mean but they they stay at these clubs that you know things it is more challenging to compete because that's what because I think they probably realise he certainly does with Zaha now gone it probably makes him much more of a prevalent prominent figure in that team now yeah. so and, and ultimately is their best player at this point. And there's no doubt yeah. about that. So you know, I think I think it's good that when you get to see things like that. But what it could mean for us is that I I couldn't. There's been rumours about us getting Eze right, and I couldn't. And with Elise going Chelsea potentially, and then Zaho's already gone. If, if they were to lose Elise as well, there's no way on earth they would have let Eze go in the same summer. Like, could you imagine Zaha, Elise and Eze, their three best players all gone in one window? <laughs> like, brutal. I think that would have been impossible. Yeah. Um, but if Elisa is staying now, and the fact that they, was potentially, they were potentially going to have to make do without him anyway, maybe it's going to take cash, don't get me wrong, a lot of cash, more than what Chelsea were going to have to pay for Elise and that release clause. But... With a bit of cash, maybe you could see Eze and Spurs potentially happening. I think it's a match made in heaven, to be honest, in terms of a player who comes into an exciting team like us. In terms of what I think we're going to be under and, and the type of football we're going to play, I think it suits him perfectly. I love it.
1: I love it because you 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 can't just rely on um, having just Madison as an option, right? You 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 need to be flexible. You need to be. There needs to be. Um, there needs to be more dimensions to, to the Spurs midfield. And I think we've got that. I think we've got players that can do things that Ange needs from them in terms of how, how we're going to work that midfield, right? Um, mm. Basuma, Benton Cole, when he comes back. But this, they, they, they're, they're players of a similar ilk, right? Mm. Um, obviously, Basuma being compared to Dembele, uh, which is wild, uh, but, I, you know, it's... Dare I say, Basuma has the potential to to do a lot more than what Dembele did.
0: I'll be honest. I think anyone who comes into our Spurs midfield from the last few years, anyone who can at least <laughs> you know make five yard passes and beat a man, is compared <laughs> yeah, yeah. to Dembele at this yeah, point. I, th- I think again, I'm getting carried away,
1: Dan. I'm getting carried away. <laughs> um, okay, look, uh, we, we 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 I think we've we've kind of waxed lyrical about the Brentford game. We've got a slightly tougher game coming up this weekend against Manchester United. Now I had the, the the United Wolves game on. I was kind of watching it. Wolves, how they lost that game. Um, I mean, look, I, what, something we didn't talk about was VAR and, um, and and the penalty decision that went against us. It, we've yep. all done it. On we have spoken about that on Twitter. VAR is going to lose us points this season, and we're going to benefit from it as well. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a mess. I still don't understand. I mean, the technology is probably great. The humans behind the technology not so great. And the Wolves game illustrated that. You know, how was that not a penalty? You know, and I I, I thought um, I've forgotten their manager's name, Gary, Gary O'Neill, Gary O'Neill, of course. I thought he his post match was as polite as you could be and as diplomatic as you could have you could be to avoid being fined. Because I would have just stood there and said it's corrupt. This is, cor- this is match fixing. I would have got like a I don't know ten match ban. And, and yeah, and like, that's but that's but that's what the bind,
0: but... but that's what the problem is is that managers can't say what they actually think because they'll get like punishments like 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 you've just said banning and stuff like that. Yeah. When yeah. everyone else in the world apart from Jamie Carragher thought that Wolves should have got a penalty in that match, and you know. Because if you compare what we got a penalty for, which was like a brush of the foot that Son done on their their player, and he goes down, somewhat I think delayed and theatrically, and they get a penalty for that. It's annoying, but we've seen all all sorts of penalties like that that have been given. Then Anana comes out of comes out of his area comes well he comes out of his six yard box to a ball that. He clearly had no right to go and try and win because he was never even near the ball. And absolutely frog splashes the geezer who's come on and the the guy the ref isn't even sent to the fucking video. That's the bit that blows my mind. What were they doing in the room that they thought, yep, yeah, that's absolutely fine? Because when you put it when you are put it like that, you actually can't understand how they've done what they've done other than it is just corrupt. It is bent, and they're not. Then it's not even funny anymore because they're not even trying to hide it. I have seen Man United get all sorts of favoritism over the years. I remember Gomez taking a free kick because Nanny, hand, Nanny handballed Nanny handball the ball in the box, and then Clattenburg didn't blow the whistle, so then he was allowed. Nanny went up to the ball and was allowed to put it in the net. They're, like you just think, it, it beggars belief. Like how one team can benefit so much from stuff over so many years. And like, it just sounds like a bit of fan when it comes from my perspective, but it's that bad that I'm moaning about. It and it's not even my team that have been done out by it in yeah. the instance of wolves. Like, so, I mean, Twitter went into fucking meltdown from people that aren't even wolves fans. Right. Like, it's just, it isn't even funny because the, I, the, the, the refs have been dropped for the next game. Doesn't matter. Cause they'll be back. Does nothing for wolves. Um, I, I don't know, and I—I just—I've already said it. I absolutely know we're going to get another incident in the game on Saturday that will will screw us over. I just know it. Look, it's
1: probably worth letting this—I uh, um, hate using the word "cook" because it's the complete opposite of cook. I mean, it just rot away. Because in about ten games' time, we'll understand the impact of the of, again VAR not evolving to a, a higher. Uh, level of quality. I mean, the text is in- fine. The tech is yeah, fine. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's just the it's, people using it's it. It's the and it's the it's the interpretation of the rules and and and, and, and you know when is contact in the penalty area a penalty and when he it, when is when is it just contact you know when it, when is a foul a foul it's just really basic fundamental things that yeah we, uh, we, it's all over complicated though one hundred percent that and the yellow cards for dissent and the the um the injury time uh debacle that's going to just see mm. I mean, there wasn't that much injury time added on to the Brentford game so we, we'll see how that pans out and we, we'll probably revisit to slag off modern football as we do uh, in about 10-15 games a time depending on where we are in the league if we're doing really well keep everything the way it is VAR is beautiful uh, so coming back to Man United and the point of uh, me watching the game was for me to then say I wasn't impressed yeah. with them um, they didn't look great uh, uh, do we get confident? Do we get cocky? You know, Saturday is going to be such a big occasion because it's it's the first game back proper. It's another cleansing for us because there's no Conte. We've got manager that, that likes to play football. There's the narratives about the protests pre-game. There's the narrative that Levy might get a bit of abuse. The atmosphere could change if we if we're getting tonked. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, mm. I think collectively, regardless of whether people know the trust exists or out exists or whatever else, organically, collectively, we're all we're all going to make noise that the, that that's going to be leveled at the board. Which, when it happens like that, I'm fully on board. You know, when you go there and you just in your gut know, but at the same time, you're you've got to consider. Excuse me, you've got to consider that you know Postecoglou starting his journey at Spurs. This is game two and game one at, at the stadium, so you almost want to support him and support the players and support the team. The, the great thing about the Brentford game, the little huddle before the, the match, that you know the the the, the 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 there was a little bit of a connection there again. So, how yeah. important of a game? It's so early in the season and we're playing a big team of quality players that don't look great. But how important is it to to, to, to get off on a on, on a Say a flyer, but just to play well and to and to win, and and for everybody mm. to to buy into it a little bit more, even though there's 38 games in the season.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, I do think it is really important um, for for Andrew and for the team. I think that when you get a match like this against a team like Man United, um, you know you can bring you can, it can breed so much confidence if you get a win in a fixture like this. Um, that, that, I don't know what they've been doing in pre-season, but they looked, they've looked they lost all bar one of their pre-season games and they looked shocking the other night against Wolves. So it'll only be, you know, all, all the more not natural for them to turn up and play like fucking Prime Barcelona or Fergie's 98 uh, double winning team or 99 double winning team or whatever it was. Like, you just know that that's written in the stars. But, um, but I think that, you know, I do think that if if they were to play like that against us, against us, I really do think we can hurt them. Um, I think that we, I th- because they they weren't even sitting in a deep block or anything like like a low block or anything mm. like that. They were just mm. they were just really sluggish. I think they were trying to press high, but their press wasn't very good. They were physically just outmatched by Wolves. Um, and in the end, they kind of like you know created a chance that they ended one chance that they scored from, and you know the rest is history. Um, unfortunately, but. I don't feel like that will be enough against a side like us. I think that, you know, the, the the fact that they won't be sitting as deep means that we will have a little bit more space to create some more clear-cut chances. And yeah. uh, I would expect the people we've got up front to be able to finish them.
1: Well, look, I'm going. And I'm going through the process beforehand. Uh, hopefully meet up with a few people. Have, have a few few good chats. Mm. Hopefully I don't get jumped uh by anyone um (laughs) off the back of just a bit of twitter banter, because that's all it is on twitter you know if anyone's gonna just mug me off or quote tweet me and just call me names you know as you do as as grown-ups um just expect it back you know because sometimes i do like to uh lower my standards and just join in um i hate myself for it i you know always have regrets Because it's easier just to mute the person. You're never going to agree with certain people on on the internet. So never try to get into an argument with them or to to say anything back. But I've been doing that a lot because I've been a bit bored. And... um, no doubt I'm getting jumped this season. That's that, that that's likely to happen. So uh that, that ought to be fine. Maybe maybe I need to hire you as a as a as a bodyguard, mate. I don't know. I don't know. You've or met Chris,
0: me, right. You you have met Chris. me, so I don't think I'm your man. Yeah, Chris no, is definitely no. your geezer. I, easy, I think I'm gonna get one. Chris.
1: I I think he needs a laugh, so um i will see 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 what he's got to say. I'll i pay him a, I don't know, five or an hour.
0: No, Just pay that, him in beer. That... I think he'll be all right
1: he's from the north that's probably a lot of money up there so um I don't know why i said that <laughs> so, what am i doing what am i doing oh, he's going to beat me up now so um, well look let's let's end the normal podcast here as per usual um, it's available free on all podcast apps however if you want to support what i do you can find me on patreon.com spooky in purgatory um, where we have extended content uh, for this podcast and other content now the season started i'm going to be able to blog more and podcast more and not do it for the sake of doing it but but do so when i feel that it's necessary to outpour and hopefully that resonates with 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 you guys good news for patreon users uh you can now listen to all the all the content on page on, on spotify rather if you do have spotify if you're giving them your money um You can listen to everything that goes up on Patreon through Spotify. That's like a a Patreon-only feed. If you're not on Spotify, sorry about that. So uh, thanks for listening and catch you on the next one.